Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In our next segment, it's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week. The New York Mets... USC and the Lakers in the news. We'll tell you why. That's coming up next. In segment three, Jidge Moody. He's with Nike Golf's club division. He's going to talk to us about some of their offerings. I don't know about you, but I'm dusting off my clubs and getting ready to get back out on the golf course. It's been a while for me. And uh, Jidge will give us some insight into what you may want to throw into your bag. That's in segment three. Segment four, Pete Carroll the head football coach and executive vice president of football operations for the Seattle Seahawks, one of the brightest minds in football, pretty diverse guy, high-energy guy. He'll join us in segment four. Pete Carroll, Seattle Seahawks, segment four. couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog. Download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend. Follow me via Twitter. We've even got a LinkedIn icon on the front page of sportsbusinessradio.com if you want to follow us on LinkedIn. That's all at sportsbusinessradio.com. Griggs found out something interesting this week. I've talked to a few NBA executives. If there's a lockout, I am told that NBA.com and all of the team sites in the NBA, 30 team sites, are going to remove information for current players, names, likenesses, anything, as if they never existed. Don't really understand that strategy. I'm sure there's a lot of legalities around it. But the NFL, who's in you know day 70-something of their lockout, they haven't done that. They've left all the images and, and likenesses and everything like that up for their current players. So... We'll follow that story. I think that's an interesting strategy, to say the least. Headlines coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. This is SBR. Back with more after this. And she's watching it with those eyes. And she's loving with that body. I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Headline number one, the New York Mets have agreed to sell less than 49% of the team for approximately $200 million to Greenlight Capital President David Einhorn. This according to a press release from the Mets this week. The sale will not include a stake in Sportsnet New York. And, you know, this is interesting, Greg, so you don't have controlling interest if you're David Einhorn. And the Mets... Owner Fred Wilpon has said they're going to lose $70 million this year, and the club overall is $420 million in debt. So you're basically signing up to own part of a sinking ship. The only reason this makes sense, I think, is if Einhorn also has a clause in the contract that says he gets first shot at buying the Mets if, for any reason, the Wilpons, who have been defaulting on payroll and have needed assistance from Major League Baseball, can no longer serve as majority owner of the team. Yeah, there's got to be something in there because, I mean, if I'm him, I'm not going to sign on the dotted line if I'm not really having in control and I'm signing, like you said, a sinking ship. So I'm, I'm guessing there's something in there that's going to have him some, give him some control down the road if something uh, comes up. Yeah, and how about Fred Wilpon this last week doing an interview with, I believe it was The New Yorker? And look, I'm all for being candid, but when you're ripping your own ball players, what are you doing? All you're doing is devaluing them. So if you want to trade them, you're basically saying to other clubs, you're trading for a piece of garbage. I mean, it was some of the most ignorant business uh, dealings I've seen in a long time. So the Mets are a mess. And uh, good luck to David Einhorn being a part of that organization. Maybe he can go in and turn it around if he does get any kind of a say at some point. Our next headline, this was very interesting. The NCAA Infractions Appeals Committee has upheld all penalties and findings against USC. This was announced on Thursday. USC will lose 30 scholarships over the next three years. They won't be eligible to play in this year's Pac-12 title game or a bowl game. We respectfully but vehemently disagree with the findings of the NCAA's Infractions Appeals Committee, the university said in a statement. Our position was that the committee on infractions abused its discretion and imposed penalties last June that were excessive and inconsistent with established case precedent. Now, USC was appealing the NCAA to reduce its two-year ban to one year and to limit football scholarship reduction to five in each of the next three years instead of the scheduled 10. So the university pointed in its appeal to a president as a reason why their penalties were excessive, but the appeals committee stated that those cases were not directly applicable. Here's my problem with this. I think some of the penalties against USC should have been reduced, and the NCAA has been completely inconsistent with how they've ruled against you know, Ohio State. We haven't seen their final ruling on that, but that better be harsh. If you're doing this to USC, you better do the same thing to Ohio State. What do you do to Auburn? What do you do to Oregon? If you're going to be tough, fine, but you better be tough across the board. You better not just be tough with one school and easy on other schools. And I think that's most people's biggest complaint with the NCAA, Griggs, is they seem to be making this up as they go along. There's no concrete rules as to how they uh, render their 
their uh, punishments. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. It's got to be something written out, something figured out where when something happens, they do this. And when something happens, they do this. Because like you said, I mean, you punish one school and then the other one just gets you know, a slap on the wrist and the next one gets slammed for this one. And it's just so inconsistent. And it's just, it's like, like you said, just making it up off the seat of their pants when it happens. Oh, let's do this today. You know, it, it's ridiculous. The other thing that hurts USC here is their players are essentially free agents. They can transfer to a different school without having to set out a year. So you've got guys now after this ruling that may go, you know what, I want to play in a bowl game. I'm a senior. I want to play for a championship. I'm going to leave USC. This could really hurt the talent that they have there because those players won't be able to play in the Pac-12 championship or in a bowl game, as we just told you. Our next headline, the Zen master gone from the Lakers, but they have a new coach, and it's Mike Brown, former coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, has a 660 winning percentage, fifth all-time. He's hired as the new coach of the Lakers. Four years, around $18 million is the reported deal. Griggs, I think this is an interesting hiring. I, I, I think some people thought that Mike Brown was simply a figurehead in Cleveland, and LeBron was really calling all of the shots. Now he's going to a team with some strong egos, including Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Ron Artest, Derek Fisher, Lamar Odom. I mean, this is not an easy locker room to control. So I wonder how he'll do in that locker room from day one. And I've always said with Phil Jackson, his job was as much about being a psychologist as it was about X's and O's. Brown is a defensive coach, but will this team get up and play defense like he wants them to? That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting to see the transition time. And, you know, maybe him coaching LeBron is kind of what Ella was looking at, thinking he's dealt with this ego, he's dealt with that team. Maybe he can slide in and help with uh, Kobe and the whole the whole batch there at L.A. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I like the hire for L.A., but, you know, that's kind of one of the things we'll see next year. Hopefully, if there's no lockout, we'll see uh, what happens. Well, the people in L.A. want star power at the coaching position, whether it was Riley or Phil Jackson. Mike Brown might turn into that guy, but right now he's definitely not that guy. So we'll see how this goes. Dr. Jerry Buss has always had a great track record with uh, discovering coaches and, and finding the right fit. Our next headline, this is not good news. If you're a fan of the NBA and you're enjoying the playoffs and the finals and you don't want there to be a lockout. The NBA Players Association has basically taken things, just like the NFL has, from the negotiating table to the courtroom. The NBA Players Association this week filed an unfair labor practices complaint against the NBA, alleging, among other things, that the league was dealing directly with players and bypassing the union, as well as failing and refusing to provide relevant financial information requested by the union to understand its financial demands. So, In essence here, this is the first salvo being fired, and it's by the Players Association there saying that, you know, look, the league has, the owners have planned this. They've wanted to get to a lockout. They're not negotiating in good faith, and we're trying to prevent a lockout. I see what they're trying to do, but Griggs, anytime you go from the bargaining table to the courtroom, it's not good. And the thing that's amazing to me is the NBA has been able to watch the NFL, and everything that's going on, and they see how miserable that is. They could be real heroes here if they got their deal done, but I just don't get that sense that they're going to get anything done. And now, this week, taking this to the courtroom, I don't think that's going to sit well with 
Commissioner Stern or the owners. Yeah, and it is a bummer because, you, like you said, they've seen the NFL thing. They've seen how that's not going well, and, and then they seem to do the same thing. And like you said, when it goes to the courts, that, that instantly means delays and time and long processes. So it's not looking good for NBA next year. Yeah, supposedly Billy Hunter, the NBA Players Association executive director, was furious following the most recent collective bargaining proposal in early May when the league called for a $45 million hard cap, and that's almost 25% lower than the current soft cap, and no guaranteed contract. So, you know, they really want to move to the model of the NFL, where maybe there's a signing bonus, but... There's not guaranteed contracts. And let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, if there's a hard cap, you can say goodbye to the Miami Heat, to the Chicago Bulls, to the Lakers, to the Celtics, to all those teams as we know them, because you'll be able to afford one superstar and a bunch of role players. You're not going to have three superstars on a team. There will be lots of movement once this thing is signed. All right. Our last headline of the week, Mark Steinberg who's been the longtime agent for Tiger Woods and Annika Sorenstam. He's been on this show several times. He left IMG this week in a surprising move, and he has a deal in his contract reportedly where he can take Tiger Woods and Annika Sorenstam with him. Uh, most people expect for the two of them to follow Mark Steinberg. Look, Steinberg has done some amazing deals for Tiger, and they've been partnerships But it's no secret that Tiger has lost many endorsements since Thanksgiving before last when everything came out about his personal life. And now he's injured. He hasn't won an event since, uh, I believe, late 2008. So, you know, it's a long, long time for for Tiger Woods. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be his agent right now. I guess I can see why Mark Steinberg would be loyal to him. But I also, here's my problem with Mark Steinberg, Griggs. You can't convince me that he didn't know that Tiger's life was starting to spiral downward off of the golf course. And he enabled him. And then when you-know-what hit the fan, there was no plan. There was no crisis PR plan in place. It was handled horribly. And I think that tarnished Tiger's image. So, you know, in a way, I've lost some respect for Mark Steinberg because of the way that was handled, because he wasn't a little bit more honest and forthright. And I understand supporting your client, but I also understand advising your client in the best way to handle a crisis situation. And I don't think that situation was handled well at all. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with such a huge, huge athlete like Tiger. I mean, you know eventually something's going to come out like it did, and then it just went crazy. The highest paid athlete in the world. Exactly. It's something you can't cover up for for eternity, most likely. And I think we saw what happened. So I do think he'll probably take Tiger with him. I I think they've they've probably got a pretty good bond because he covered for him, most likely, for so long. So I'm guessing they'll, they'll continue to roll together. But it is kind of a weird situation, and some respect has been lost, too. So we'll see. Does Steinberg go to a different agency, or does he start his own shop with Tiger and Annika Sorenstam as his anchor clients? We will find out. All right, coming up next, Jidge Moody. He's with Nike Golf. He's going to tell us about some of their latest club offerings. Then Pete Carroll, executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. As I get into the room, though, what's the sound of? 
Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150. So you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to PumpkinRidge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links. Bringing you up to speed on the latest breakthroughs in the world of sports. Let's enter the technology lab. We are back on Sports Business Radio, and uh, I'm not a very good golfer, but I love golf. I've played a lot of great courses. Uh, I love Kapalua. I love Pumpkin Ridge here locally. You've heard me talking about the Ghost Pass. So I'm really excited right now to be joined on the phone by Jidge Moody, who is the club product line manager for Nike Golf. How are you? I'm great today. Thank you, Brian. So I want to have you on to talk about your clubs in general, but let's start by talking about Nike's Method Core Putter. Um, You've got some great technology around this, and I know Lucas Glover uses it. He just won a few weeks ago. I think Stuart Sink uses it, and um, it's really a unique putter. Yeah, well, the Method method Putter line started a couple years ago, and uh, we introduced uh, a milled version, uh, high-end, around $250 a putter, but it's unique because of a technology we call polymetal groove technology. And uh, it's really, um, if, you, if you look at the putter face, um, now a player that makes contact with both metal and polymer um, at the same time, and they, and they get the benefits of both. And, and really what happens is they get a great deal of feel. Uh, they hit the metal uh, portion, and they get the sound of a solid metal click, which helps them with distance control. Uh, And then they get the groove pattern, which helps them uh, increase roll, forward roll on the green. And anytime you can increase forward roll and reduce the skid or backspin, um, you're going to hit straighter putts. And, uh, boy, did we see that a couple weeks ago with uh, Lucas Glover when he was making everything, and he he led the field in putting that week. Um, Just fabulous with uh, what he did. Uh, this year we came out with the Method Core line, which you just mentioned, and that's an insert of the technology. So it's an aluminum face uh, with the polymer back as well as the grooves. Uh, it's a little bit softer overall feel, um, and it's it's at a it's at a great price point. Um, beautiful putters. Uh, Paul Casey won with it earlier this year overseas, so uh, we we couldn't be more pleased with the way the lines are rolling out. Yeah, as they always say, drive for show, putt for dough, right? And uh, <laughs> That is the truth. You know, you need a good putter on the golf course. And I just think this is really interesting. I saw there's a great, if you get Sports Illustrated, there's Tech Talk in the Teen Off segment and the May 16th issue of Sports Illustrated. There's great visuals and the Nike Method Core Putter is featured in the Tech Talk in Sports Illustrated. And 
I just like the visual that it talks about. And it talks about how any ball on the green sits slightly below the surface of the grass. And to get a true roll, you must first get on top of the surface. So this putter really helps you do that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, one of the first things is anytime you remove steel from the face, uh, like we do with, with our method lines, uh, we move about uh, 20 to 30 grams of weight towards the back of the putter. So anytime you do that, you move the weight back and lower, um, just like an iron uh, with our cavity back irons. You mentioned earlier that you had some slingshots. That's where we move the, what they call the center of gravity back away from the face, and it helps get the ball up in the air. And anytime you can do that, especially on a putter, you get that ball on top of the grass and then starts rolling forward, you, you really improve your accuracy a great deal. But it's very important to get that ball up uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, I swear by my slingshots. I've had them for a few years now, and my biggest problem as a golfer was that I couldn't get loft on my shot. I was hitting the line drives, and um, boy, I'll tell you, I think I've probably shaved about 10 strokes off my rounds because of the slingshots because it helps me control the ball better and, and get it up in the air. Yeah, it, back in the 90s, um, when companies really started putting offset in, that's where they moved the blade back away from the shaft. Um, that helped with control, but the problem was um, it actually de-lofted the clubs, and the clubs didn't have as much weight uh, far back away from the face as they do now. So, so even though shots would, would go straighter, they would go very, very low. Uh, and now, like the slingshot, and even our new mock speed irons, and even our our Forge Pro Combos, which are, again, a, a, a more advanced player club, are all designed now with uh, low and deep CG to get that ball up easy, and uh, you, you get some great performance out of them. So a lot of our audience, they're not the uh, low handicap golfers. They're the, the weekend duffers or the people that aren't able to get out that much because they have families or they're working. Give me a bag. Put together a bag of what do you put in that person's bag? I, I can I can do that easily. I've got four kids, so my uh, my <laughs> game and time uh, for the game has changed quite a bit. Um, so my bag now is uh, a Max Speed Black Driver, um, and again, it's a very stable head, um, very easy to get up in the air, very easy to control, plus very very powerful. So you know, as they say, when you're pulling out the big chief, you like to lay some smoke on the fairway, and and this does that. Uh, then I've got uh, I've got Mock Speed Fairway Woods again designed to do the same thing. Um, I'm playing the new Pro Cavity uh, VR Pro Cavity Iron, which is a cavity back, a little bit thicker top line. Again, very easy to get up in the air. It's got the I like the look of a blade, even though I can't play a blade anymore. Um, I like the look of a blade, but the performance of a nice cavity back, which that has. Um, uh, I've got uh, some of the new X3X wedges, which uh, have a bunch of grooves on them on the face so that I get a, a lot more spin on the green since the rule changes. And uh, then I've got, I've got the Method Core putters um, because, again, it, all these are at great price points, and uh, the performance and technology really, really helps my game given the amount that I play right now. Joined by Jage Moody, who is the club product line manager for Nike Golf. So you guys have an unbelievable facility in Texas where you, you know, build your products, you're trying them out, you have your pros come in, and they give you a lot of input. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought that up. I just flew back from there last night, 
and uh, the colonial this week is uh, we'll say in in our backyard of our facility down there. Um, we refer to it as the oven affectionately. Uh, up here on the Nike campus in Beaverton, we've got the kitchen, which is our main research facility, and down there we've got the oven, uh, appropriately named because of the heat <laughs> in the summertime. Um, but uh, we had uh, several players uh, of our staffers that were playing at the Colonial in the oven this week that were evaluating uh, some of our some of our new lines of product, products coming out over the next two three years. Yeah, that's great, and and it must be great to have you know the input of the pros, the people who are out there experiencing the clubs. I know I did a project for Nike Golf a few years ago, and I was at uh, one of the U.S. Opens, and you know if you've never been to a PGA event or a major, the club companies like Nike Golf have these big trailers there, and the players can come into the trailer, and you'll adjust their club, you'll help them with their footwear, their apparel, anything. I mean, it's basically like having your own your pro right there who can uh, service all your needs. I thought it was great. Yeah, that's that's something that we uh, that started uh, about twenty five years ago. Um, with a few companies bringing some trailers out, and now there are these big, you know, tractor trailers, eighteen wheelers that are that are out at the the events with full air conditioned uh, cabs and trailers. Uh, the guys go in; they can play uh, Nintendo or Wii while they're waiting <laughs> for their clubs to be worked on. There are lounges with uh, with drinks and food. So, I mean, they're they're really taken care of very well as as they're getting their clubs. Uh, aligned and, and changed and adjusted for the week's tournament. All right. Well, I've got you on the line. I've got to be selfish here for a minute. So I play the Sasquatch 3-wood, and I'm one of those people that I'm afraid of my driver. I cannot control it very well. So I go 3-wood off the tee because I know I may not hit it as far, but at least I'm going to control it and hit it straight. If I'm looking for a driver from Nike Golf, what do you suggest for the guy like me who's afraid of his driver and just wants to try and hit it as straight as possible? Uh, that's the, the mock speed black in the square geometry, not the round geometry, but the square geometry. It's our, it's our most stable head design. And by that, what I mean is that you can hit it anywhere on the face, and the amount that the club will twist is very minimal compared to a round-shaped driver. All right, and, and that's so good your, advice. And so your ability to hit it straighter is, is greatly increased. That's good, because I'm just trying to keep it in play. I'm not the guy that's going to go out and rip it, you know, 300, 325 yards. That's Bobby Corser, uh, my <laughs> producer. But, uh, you know, I try and do golf course management when I'm out there. And like I said earlier, the slingshots have really allowed me to do that since I got them. And I have the CPRs in my bag, and I've got the Nike Lunar footwear. So I'm, I'm Nike Golf from uh, head to toe, basically. So you've got comfort and performance when you go out there, I can see. You know, I look really good when I show up at the first tee, but then after people watch me a little bit, they go, wow, you look good, but you're just not that good. And as I say, <laughs> you know, I've got a family and I've got, you know, I'm just not spending as much time on the golf course as I used to, but I love getting out and playing whenever I can. And especially, my gosh, is there a better place to play golf during the summer than, than Oregon? No, this is absolutely gorgeous. I grew up in Michigan and and we get a lot more time here to play golf than we did in Michigan, uh, begging for the snow to leave. So this is just, it's so beautiful. So in the trees and, and country, but the greens, the greens and the courses themselves are, are first rate. So, 
Jig Moody, he is the club product line manager for Nike Golf. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us this week on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Look forward to seeing you on the on the golf course someday. Yes, we will definitely have to get out there, especially when it's nice weather. Okay. Take care. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Just happy to have you on the show. You know, when I spoke to you a few years ago in your office at USC, you told me it'd have to be a near-perfect situation for you to return to the NFL. What, ab- what about the Seahawks job intrigued you to return to the NFL last year? Well, everything, every aspect of it was, was right on the mark, and, and that's why it did kind of fit what I had described to you a while back. You know, um, it, was a, it was a club that, that with an owner that was willing to give – uh, the freedom to the head coach to do the things he needed to do in my mind, which was was all the personnel stuff and, and structure it philosophically the way he wanted to do it, uh, was the, the open support from that that end of it. It was a, a makeup of a franchise, you know, that, that had a chance to do something. The, the, where they played, who they played, the stadium was awesome. The fans were great. Um, you know, every aspect of this of this had had the potential. Now it wasn't. All set up just right, and that they were winning and, and, and winning a lot of games right off the bat, which was fine. I understood that part of it, but all of the elements that would make up a, a great opportunity were there. And I think particularly it was the freedom to, to do it the way I knew how to do it best was what made it most attractive. What did you learn from your time as the head coach of the Jets and the Patriots that helped bring you a more educated perspective about the NFL when you took the Seattle job? Well, it, there's, there's this job has so many aspects to it that as you're going through the first couple times. 
you know, you, you just get smacked in the face with, you know, decisions and concepts and, and approaches and perspectives that, you know, that you couldn't anticipate until you got there. So uh, just getting through those things and seeing them for the first couple times uh, it lets you know what you're in for. And so it, it, I really didn't feel like I did very well uh, the first couple times around and didn't have, you know, the perspective that I do have now that was, you know, I was able to kind of put together after those two experiences, then going to USC for nine years and figuring it out and then coming here. It gave me a chance to get my mind in order, my philosophy in order, and, and, and really a much stronger perspective to, to attack this, the challenges of this job. In your first season in Seattle, you led the Seahawks to their first NFC West title in three seasons. You proceeded to knock off the defending Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. You and first-year GM John Schneider, you guys made 284 roster moves. What are your priorities with your roster this offseason? Well, we're really, really we're dead silent, quiet right now. You know, with nothing going on, uh, it's, it's a little bit hard on, on us because we were so active in, in the same time frame last year. But um, you know, our priorities are, are to just like it was in the draft to pick out specific areas and go after them and improve them, and do it with really strong-willed, competitive, tough guys that really love the game, and to, to build just a really strong culture from within. We've always been about making this roster more competitive, and that's why you saw us make so many moves last time around and uh, where we attacked the offensive line in the early part of the draft and then went after some skill guys uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, in the, in the second half of the draft. Um, we really were specifically pointed at trying to improve the depth, com- improve the competitiveness, and just make us a stronger team all the way across the board. And so we'll, we'll do exactly the same thing as we, as we go to free agency, and, and that means we're, you know, and, uh, and the free agency of the, of the young players is really going to be particularly pointed in that regard, too. I read a story this morning. You know, last year you gave former USC wide receiver Mike Williams a chance to get back into the NFL. He rewarded you by becoming your leading receiver. I, I saw a story this morning that said maybe you give Matt Leinart that same opportunity to make your roster. Any thoughts to bringing Matt Leinart in? Well, we really can't talk about the free agency situation right now, so there's really no names I can banter around, unfortunately. So I'm sorry we can't do that yet, but uh, we're, we're what we're always going to do is compete – to be on every single opportunity. And John and I are determined to try and every single thing that comes out there that, that gives you a chance to improve your football team, we're going to investigate thoroughly, make a decision where it fits with us, and then, and then move on and, and, and go after it or not. You know, And that's, that's why we've been so active, and that's how you know, we're in everything that's happening, uh, uh, we hope, so that we take a good competitive shot at it. So we'll, you know, we'll consider all the options when the, when the time comes. Joined by Pete Carroll, he's the executive vice president of football operations. He's also the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, the NFL, obviously, we're in a lockout right now, so there's no organized workouts. You're unable to work with your players or really even talk to your players. How much pressure will this lost workout time put on your coaching staff and other coaching staffs in the NFL to get ready for the start of the season whenever we get that green light? Well, it's relative, but we're always under pressure. You know, this is a this is a high pressure business. Everybody is doing everything they possibly can to gain every edge possible, and so uh, this with pre- present by being presented with some new factors. You know, the, the time frames are changing, and, and free agency following the draft, and on and on and on. You know, we're all competing to figure it out, and so uh, you know, we're we have plans upon plans depending on when things kick back into business again you know it could be it could be tomorrow it could be all the way till you know right up till camp time or it could even be into into the camp time so we have to be ready for all the scenarios and that's what we've done we've played a lot of contingency type of games with ourselves to try to figure it out you know and 
and then make plans that, that fit. And, and as we go by the time frames, okay, this one doesn't apply anymore. We just we just keep throwing them in the in the hopper, you know. So uh, that, that's how we're doing it, and, and we're just trying to make sure that we're ready for whatever. And when free agency clicks, we're going to hit it a thousand miles an hour from the moment that they say we're on, you know, and, and on and on. That's how we're dealing with it. Do you have any concerns about guys not working out and coming in out of shape or guys that are working out and they might get hurt because they're unsupervised? Um, um, yeah, I'm, I am concerned because we, we go to great depths and great lengths to, to make a, an offseason with structure and, and with a plan, with a process to bring about guys at the right time so that they can, you know, they can really peak properly for their camps and in and, and the start of the season. So we don't have uh, a, a pulse on that right now. So. Uh, I think for the most part, our guys have a good conscience about working out. But when it's not as structured as it could be, then you leave you know you leave out opportunities for the guys to to miss on the consistency and the competitiveness and the challenge of it all, and and the guidance from people you know that that you know that are involved with our program. A lot of our guys are working out with other you know individuals that are, uh, you know that are pushing them, trainers and things like that. But it's not the same as working out with a bunch of guys, competing with a bunch of guys, and with the structured program. So, yeah, we're the, all aspects of that we're concerned about. I just think NFL coaches are in a really tough spot right now. You're caught in the middle of the battle between the players and the owners. You work for the owners, but obviously you want to talk to your players and you want to you know, go through OTAs and get them ready for the season. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> you're on it. Well, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. And, and uh, right now, we, you know, there's not many things that, that we're really even – you know, able to speak on, but uh, that is a situation that we have to deal with, and and uh, I think as soon as we get back to business, everything is going to is going to kick right back into into full speed, high gear, and and I think uh, everything that will have happened, you know, we'll we'll, we'll deal with and and all, and all that, but the 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 pressure and the, the you know the tension that will come from having to get a season ready will really direct all of our focus and our attention when when we get back together. Coach, you're a grinder. You work as hard as any coach I've ever seen. When I was down at USC for a few days, I just watched you, and you work hard. Uh, when I interviewed you in your office, you had a cot in your office, and I know that some nights you slept there because you were doing so much work. Do you have a, a cot in your office at the Seahawks' office? Are you spending nights uh, trying to get ready for the next game? Well, we get a little bit of an advantage here in Seattle that we don't have to commute, and, the, and the, 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 we don't live so far away from the office that we pick up. <laughs> You know, in that, that effort, you're just trying to pick up another hour of sleep so that you can, you know, be effective the next day. Or, and sometimes it's just the best to not get on the road. But, but all in all, we're, we got it worked out here where we don't need to sleep in the office here. we got to figure it out pretty good. I'm excited to see you and uh, new Niners coach Jim Harbaugh go at it. You guys, USC, Stanford, you had some good games there. Uh, what do you think about Coach Harbaugh coming to the NFC West? Well, I think he's done a great job in, in, in establishing himself at, at Stanford. And he did some marvelous things, had a great run, and, and put it together and showed that he was worthy of getting you know, this opportunity. And now that he's in San Francisco, where you know, they're in, in need of change and turnaround, and you know, I would think that Jimmy's going to bring a lot of great, you know, a great energy for it. He's competitive as heck. He's tough. Uh, he's got a good way about him. I think he's going to be a big factor in, in, in our division. And, and uh, you know, I welcome it. And, and Always like competing against them, and, and we'll get get that chance right off the bat. We open up with those guys, so we'll, we'll get after it from the beginning, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Coach, what are your thoughts about the Pac-12? I mean, since you left, they've added two teams. They just signed a multi-billion-dollar TV contract. They're doing some pretty innovative things. Have you been taking note? Yeah, well, I think that Larry Scott, who jumped in there, has really you know turned around the mentality of it. I think uh, the the Pac-10 for so many years kind of had that feeling like we were kind of out of the, the loop. A bit, you know, and in, in, in just the national 
kind of interest and concerns to a certain extent. We didn't want to admit it, but it was kind of happening, and you could see it happening in, in different phases. Uh, I think Larry has taken on a very aggressive approach, and he's really brought, you know, brought about a, a mentality. Now, I don't know enough to speak about you know the, new, the teams that have entered in or the divisions of it and, and the different sections of it. I don't even know that much about it. But, um, but I do think that, it's, that the energy that he's brought is really updating the Pac-10 and catching up with what's happened in the Southeast and, and you know, ACC and those kinds of conferences that are really doing good stuff. And I think he's going to bring it, bring it right to where it deserves to be. The, the Pac-10 is an extraordinary conference with great coaches, great athletes, and great concepts and principles about their, their attacks and all that, that are worthy of, of being you know, considered as the best in, in the country. So hopefully that, that, that will all come to light just because it's the right thing. We talk about innovations. You were one of the first coaches that really embraced social media. I follow you on Twitter, at Pete Carroll. Great follow. You got your song of the day. You have Twitter chats. Really an inside, uh, behind-the-scenes access for the fans. Tell me about social media and, and your brand and just communicating with the fans. Well, as we learned about it early on, you know, we started out with it with USCRipsit.com was our website to just, just to kind of experiment and to see what we could uh, get done and, and some young guys on the staff came together and Ben Malcolmson joined us and and, uh, um, and, and gave us a, a chance to really kind of organize it and we just had fun with it really is what it was about. As I got more into it, I realized that we were able to send the message out and, and, and clearly express who we were and what we were all about in, in, in a way that you, know, you couldn't do otherwise and you could kind of eliminate some of the filters and, and so I thought it was a, it became a, a real good, just a real good method for us of communicating with our following and, and, and with you know anybody that was considered and wanting to know what we're all about in a way that we could control. And I, so I, I liked it and had fun with it and continued to do that. And I never feel like we're giving up any kind of a competitive edge. I would never do that. But, but still, I think we can make it more fun for the people who are interested and want to follow. And, you know, we find some people that don't like it, too. You know, <laughs> not everybody thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. And, and uh, you know, so you, you have to deal with all of that. But... Um, all in all, I think it's just, it just makes it more engaging for the fans, and I think it allows us to express who we are more clearly. That's Pete Carroll, the Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Head Football Coach of the Seahawks. Coach, thanks for taking time, and best of luck this season to you. All right, thanks for checking in with us. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. So you've likely heard about Brian Stowe, the San Francisco Giants fan who was beaten in the Dodger Stadium parking lot on opening day. And, you know, a lot of people have donated money and other uh, efforts have poured in in his support Well, there's a guy that stepped to the forefront, Griggs, that usually we don't associate with good things, 
And that guy is former Giant star Barry Bonds. And Bonds has volunteered to pay for the college education of Stowe's two children, 12-year-old Tyler, 8-year-old Tabitha. You know what? That's a class move. And I tip my cap to Barry Bonds for doing that. And, uh, you know, we don't know that Stowe's going to recover or if he does, if he'll ever be the same. So um, this is a, a real classy move by Barry Bonds. And finally, something. I mean, this is like we saw with Michael Vick starting to do good things. This is what Bonds needs to do is start doing things, community, helping people out. And, uh, you know, he didn't just he didn't do a big, huge look what I'm doing either. He just right. kind of did this under the covers. And real, I like that the best. Very good. You know, yep. when guys do a lot of pomp and circumstance around their community relations efforts, it's it's not authentic. This, you know, he didn't want anyone to know about it. The Stowe family talked about it. Uh, Bonds went and spent an hour with Stowe in the hospital, um, has signed a bat for his kids. So, you know, good for Barry Bonds for stepping up here and uh, trying to help out the Stowe family in their time of difficulty. All right, lots of thank yous on the show this week. Pete Carroll, the VP of Football Operations and the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Always good to catch up with him. Jidge Moody from Nike Golf. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer. Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harrison, Doug Zanger. I want to ask you again to go to sportsbusinessradio.com. We're trying to learn more about who listens to our show. If you fill out a short survey, you can win a chance to promote your company or brand to our global sports business radio audience. We'll give you this mic that I'm sitting behind right now, and you can promote what you're doing out there. So if you just take five minutes and fill out the survey, we'd really appreciate it. I want to remind you, we podcast every edition of Sports Business Radio. Go to our website, sportsbusinessradio.com. Click on the iTunes link. You can subscribe to our podcast every week. I'm on Twitter, at SB Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.